Welcome to the Ringer NBA show. It is brought to you by SeatGeek. That is the presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons podcast. The easiest way to shop for the best tickets thanks to their revolutionary grading system. Everything fully guaranteed. Buy and sell tickets in two taps. Right now, my listeners get $10 off baseball tickets the first time they use SeatGeek. Just use promo code BSMLB. Download the SeatGeek app today or go right to SeatGeek.com. And if you missed my podcast this week, talk to Finals MVP Kevin Durant. Taped it one day after the Warriors won Game 5. Right now we're going to talk to the Ringers, Chris Ryan, and maybe some other people. Uh, Let's do this. All right, we're here. Chris Ryan. What's going on, Bill? Long time no talk. I feel I like I haven't seen you in forever. I miss you while you were in I know, the I was traveling states. around, doing weird stuff. The Rust uh, Belt. So the finals is over. Wow. And there's literally a flyby, as yeah. you say. Finals is over. They're having the parade right now. Draymond is... Sweet spot. I like when the finals... I don't like when the finals ends early, but I also like when the finals ends early because we have like a nice week to tackle rumors. Yeah. Get ready for the draft. There's probably a correlation between crazy draft rumors and when the finals ends like we're now we've gotten into like people are talking themselves into some wild stuff right yeah, now. yeah yeah well koc wrote for the ringer two days ago about he thought this draft had a chance to have some trade downs yeah the patriots draft basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i want to talk about that but let's talk about the uh the finals really quickly so i did the podcast with durant on tuesday night at his house what the hell is going on there's like helicopters circling us i forgot us. to mention about what i've been up to while you've been gone <laughs> maybe like police officers gonna <laughs> break into our window so i did the podcast and i've gotten this a few times from people i saw it there was an nba reddit thread about the podcast and got some emails about it and i and i see the point but i wanted to kind of dive into it people are asking why are you okay with kd going to the warriors in 2016 but you weren't okay with LeBron in 2010 as if those situations were equal. I don't feel like the situations were equal, but you're third party. You have, you have no skin in the game. You don't really care. Your team's Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, here, here's the thing. So LeBron in 2010, a couple differences. One is that at the time he had a chance to be the best player of all time. He was a consecutive two-time MVP. He was from Ohio. He had been on a team that had come close to winning in 09 and 2010. In the last two games of the Boston series, he had two of the strangest games really anybody could remember from a great player. So that's what started it. He took off his jersey after game six. Um, then we head into the offseason. He's kind of noncommittal about what he's going to do. He does the decision and breaks up with Cleveland on TV and goes to Miami has Wade and Bosch. Wade is the other best player in the Eastern Conference. They have these, basically they're building a super team. They do the press conference after. Not one, not two, not three, not four. A pep rally, yeah. And also went to Miami, which was just, I think all of us felt like either stay in Cleveland, try to build something, or go to New York. And I was probably a little too angry about it at the time, but I, I really felt like it was just such a bizarre move to me. Everything about it was bizarre from the playoffs on through the thing. And I just couldn't, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. What was your reaction seven years ago? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, I remember 
being dumbfounded at the spectacle of it. I mean, it's, it's sort of strange to remember that that happened this decade. Doesn't yeah. it feel like we've aged like 50 years, probably like in one year it feels that way, but it was kind of the beginning of basketball Twitter too. Yeah. Where I it was think like, it, you're just following stuff, waiting to see. And just everybody having an opinion about it. I think of it almost more than its importance because obviously the, the heat won two championships and then he left. So in the long tale of history, it doesn't feel like it mattered that much, but right. as an event, it probably is the single most referenced event in basketball history that I've ever edited. Like in every blog post yeah. from Grantland through the ringer, the decision was like the most referenced thing. It was always like before an BCAD after decision. Yeah. You know? And so that's what I'll, I think it was just a profound moment for player power for talking about what do these guys owe us? What do these guys owe fans? What do these guys owe the teams who draft them? What do these guys owe the towns that, that are that that support the teams and it was a huge moment uh, like you're like you're saying with basketball twitter for like what it did to commentary because it really exploded this idea that like we're gonna like fill in the blanks of what we do and don't know about these people and what we think their motivations are yeah and why and and it you know and then it just led to when he went back like the peak of just like following people's planes checking people's Instagram likes and Twitter likes and seeing what kind of things that they were wearing at, d- at different points and what's looking for little message. signs. Yeah, yeah. And now that's what we that's, that's we're like detectives. Yeah. And now that happened. I just wrote something yesterday where it's just like all this stuff with like Horford and Isaiah following Gordon, Gordon Hayward, Hayward on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Um, that stuff. That was not what we were doing in 2010. You know, that was not that was not how it was going. So it's really it was it's really a, a watershed moment for the league. I think I would have felt differently about it if, first of all, if he if I felt like he left everything on the table in that Celtics game, in the last two Celtics games. Now, maybe the moment was too much for him because you saw in the next year in the finals, he also melted down the Dallas thing. Maybe there was some stuff he had to work through yeah. psychologically as a player, like to just be able to channel the moment and kind of get better well, at it and not worse. That, that there are a lot of things that are... I think that the KD's decision in a lot of ways... I don't feel this way, but I think you could be uh, have a lot more ill will towards what KD did than what LeBron did. Because in some ways, going to Miami, like LeBron was building something too. Like you know, I know that he's building something from scratch, but he had two of the best ten players in the yes. league. Whereas KD was joining something. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I but that's rhetorical. But I do think that it's interesting to think about how. The, what 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 was similar about the two things, both in the public declarations, but it's also like young guys who go to one team outside of a major market. You know, so yeah. LeBron goes to Cleveland, KD one year at Texas goes to Oklahoma, basically has their college experience at their first team, and then in a tiny in a tiny town, yeah, where and, they're megastars, and then both are beloved. Like beloved yeah. people, like players, like nobody that one of the things is so bizarre about like a lot of what Katie talks about now about people hating him. And yeah. it's like it almost is like those guys needed an extra level of motivation or a, a second act in their careers. Like I need to become the villain because just being beloved is not enough. Or they never expected to become the villain. And once well, I once think Durant, they felt knew, the heat, I Durant knew. Durant knew it. I don't. I honestly don't think Durant knew it was going to be as bad as it was. I think he knew he was going to take some hits. I didn't think he well, realized. I, okay, so let, I think he's probably naive about do it. Do you think that the reaction to this Warriors super team is in any way like the way that we reacted to the 2010-11 Heat? Because I feel like the, that was like 
no, such the, a spectacle. The, the and when they went worse. nine and eight, people were like, this is amazing. Like, yeah, people yeah. were obsessed with those guys losing as like every night they played it was like must see television because it was like are they gonna lose again is it gonna be close like every other team was gunning for them in a way that i don't feel like teams were playing as the bullseye. Warriors. yeah i i think the way lebron handled it really shaded how i felt about the whole thing yeah and I, and if he had done a couple things differently i think i also just personally you know 2010 i was probably at a different place in my career a little bit like i'm writing from the fans perspective i didn't hadn't talked to that many people who are in the league and over the next five years from doing countdown from just hustling a little bit trying to talk to more people started to try to see things better from the player side Mm -hmm. so i wonder like if durant had done what he did in 2010 i probably would have been harder on him yeah but for me the lebron thing still came down to two things what happened in those last two Boston games? Um, and then why are you why are you doing this to Cleveland in this way? Those to me are those two things. Durant really didn't handle his business that way. Durant in the uh, in the Golden State series, which they should have won, and they probably should have won the title last year if Clay doesn't go off. But I thought he played the best two way basketball I'd ever seen him play, and I, I really did feel like even though he didn't shoot that great the last couple games, I felt like he did everything he could. And then after the season, you know, was more respectful of the process. Mm-hmm. If he had handled it like LeBron did and just melted down the last two games and then had this public spectacle and picked another team, like I wouldn't have reacted well to that. Yeah. I mean, I think also that what happened the first year in Miami, losing to a Dallas team that a lot of people had like really liked, you know, because yeah. they had so many fun characters on them. Like yeah, yeah. getting to see Dirk and Tyson Chandler and and for a lot of people like my age watching Jason Kidd finally get one was like a big deal. And then Miami blowing it in game two. Yeah. They're up fifteen the or whatever cold, it was. Like the fake the making yeah, fun yeah. of Dirk being sick. They just seem like they get one off of Oklahoma, which is a classic like Oklahoma just like got there too early or like you yep. could, and you felt like maybe this is gonna be great. We have this young team Oklahoma is gonna play against Miami over the next five years years but the reason why i think people look more kindly back on lebron stuff now is because of how competitive the league felt yeah because miami brought the best out of san antonio and those that those two san antonio series were so great and that you know people were you were talking the other day i think to kd or yeah i think you were talking to kd where you're like that's the best offense i've ever seen two teams play in a final they bring it at each other the first there were some Miami San Antonio games where I was just like, this is like, right. This is like hearing punk rock for the first time. Like, I can't believe what these two teams are doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, so, all right, let's look at the Durant situation. The, the, the best case for LeBron leaving is that they continually put the wrong people around him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had their first chance, I think was Oh six where, they spent a lot of money on Larry Hughes and Ilgoskis and they kind of went all in versus like the OKC model of let the young guys grow. Yeah. And, and let's, this is a six year plan, not a let's get good right away. So that didn't work. Then it was like, after that, just a series of home run swings at aging guys with big contracts. Like they had Serbiak's contract. They went out, remember they had Shaq, yep. Ben Wallace, and they and just added to what you had. It's, it was like Chelsea or Real Madrid where it's like there's a new man. Like, well, Madrid has a manager now, but like every couple of se- like every two seasons, there's a new coach. Yeah. So you and have instability 
in the front office on the bench you know what i mean like they constantly trying to find this right combination of fit around lebron and felt desperate in retrospect all it, that it, stuff feels so it was desperate. desperate for five years and and they had really bad luck because in 09 i do believe that they were probably the best team that year because of the way he was playing and orlando just got hot and yeah. made a bunch of shots and they were a bad matchup at the worst possible time and it snowballed lebron was great in that series uh, 2010, they're up 2-1 against the Celtics. Rondo's unbelievable in Game 4. And LeBron really just completely melts down in Game 5. And it seems really passive and not attached to the game. And I remember afterwards, like, I remember watching that game thinking, I can't wait to hear what Barkley says afterwards. Because yeah. I, I feel like Barkley's going to be really disappointed with what he just saw. And they go to Barkley. And this is when Barkley really had his fastball after these games. And he was just like... I'm just so disappointed as as a, somebody who carried the torch for this league for a while, as somebody who loves basketball. Like, I'm just really disappointed with yeah. how he played. So you have that, you're coming off that, and then the way he handled it. The Durant thing, so there's a couple of factors with Durant that I don't think people take into account fairly, and I'm not saying this to defend him. I'm just saying this is how I saw it. Um I personally think he should have gone to Boston over Golden State, not because it's my team, but just it's a good situation. It would have given him a good chance to win the finals. The Golden State I'm thing. I'm silently slowly nodding for no, our no, listeners. No, no, yeah. no. Well, it's partly because I'm a homer. Um, but so you start out with OKC. He signs a big extension in 2010 or maybe 2011. Then Westbrook signs the big extension. It's the same summer they trade Harden, right? Yeah. So they have... They lock up Durant. They lock up Westbrook, both of whom think that Harden's going to be there and they're going to have this young nucleus and they trade Harden. I've mentioned the Harden trade a million times, but I do think people underestimate the effect that it had on, on Durant because that was the first time you're like, wow, you're not, we're not putting the best team out there. you know. And then I think the broken foot, when he broke it, then it got re- and then he had a, ended up having three surgeries on his foot. Some of the... Way, you know, they never used their amnesty clause. They never really spent money until the last year when they were trying to keep them. Yeah, I think an underrated... All that stuff there's affected a little, them. I still remember when they went after Pau Gasol and they didn't get him. I think he went to Chicago. And there was like a quote from Durant that was just like, it's just really hard to convince people to come here. Yeah. Even though we've got me and Westbrook and Ibaka at the time, it's just really hard to talk guys into coming to Oklahoma City. It's just a difficult thing, especially if you're pal and you've lived in Los Angeles, you right. know, for, for a long time. And he's choosing between like, you know, and he winds up going to San Antonio, but he went to San Antonio specifically because he was trying to get a ring, you know? Right. And I think from a resources standpoint, if you look at what LeBron's situation was in 08, 09 and 10, that team was spending money. Like they were taking big contracts. And I remember that in 09, they probably should, Serbiak had an expiring contract that they could have flipped for Shaq and they didn't. That was the one time I really remember them not spending as much as they could have. Mm-hmm. But OKC, you know, there's a, a pattern of stuff and the way they handled Jeff Green's situation. Um, you know, so I just don't think it was the same situation. I think there was a distrust with the organization that you couldn't say LeBron really had because yeah. they might have been incompetent, but they were spending money I also think and trying to win for him. Those foot injuries were probably really game changers for him. For him to be like, yeah. this, this doesn't necessarily, I'm not guaranteed a 15-year career. Yeah. And, and I'm not guaranteed that I'm going to be healthy if we need three more seasons to put something together to beat the Warriors. 
And I also think that just like I was saying before, where guys that age, they go to their first pro team and that's essentially their college experience. You're, I mean, you're really good friends with a lot of guys you went to college with. I'm actually not, not, I mean, I have a couple, but I'm not, I've made new friends. And there's something in that Lee Jenkins piece that went up after the finals about, about Draymond texting LeBron, uh, Kevin Durant after, after the finals and starting the process of like kind of seducing him to come to golden state and that they, the Oklahoma guys are like the tone of Durant's communication with the team changed right around that time and got more distant, you know, I mean, that's all hearsay or like, you know, maybe it isn't, maybe that's the case. Maybe it isn't. But I do think that like wanting a new set of friends, wanting to hang out with different people and doing different stuff. Yeah. I think he wanted to live in a new city, which by the way, LeBron did too. Yeah. I think LeBron wanted yeah. to move to Miami and Durant wanted. So those reasons are even. I think the difference or one of the differences is that Durant looks at that Golden State team. They'll spend whatever it takes to win. Absolutely. He knows that from that point on, he at least has the right kind of resources around him. Really smart people who've made the right decisions over and over again, really consistently well. And then a younger team that's going to grow with him. And this is before we get to the whole basketball side of things, which I I think is a real thing that people just discount. They're looking at it like the Warriors. He's going to a 73-win team. I really feel like like if, if I had to rank, I don't know the order, but I would say either one or two would be New City, and then style of basketball. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think he felt like he wasn't using all of his skills and tools in playing with Oklahoma City for the last seven years, where it's basically like your turn, my turn, one on five, not a lot of movement. You read these stories that people wrote the last couple weeks about Durant and the Warriors and how they really had to almost teach him how to move with yeah. the basketball again. And like the only fight that they had over the course of the season, and it wasn't really much of one, was Draymond basically had to go to Kevin and be like, you can't stop the ball like that. Hmm. You know, you so and and the results were dramatic. The, game. Yeah, the results were dramatic, and it led to him. By the time the finals rolled around, he was playing at a level that I just don't think he gets to in Oklahoma City. I think, and I don't think a lot of people are going to get to it because of the team they had. I mean, remove Durant from it. There's a lot of guys who could have gone into that system. Like Nowitzki would have been great with that system. You yeah. know, in that specific role where they wanted him, where it's like you can shoot, move, pass. Like it's just. It, it tapped into skills that we didn't know he had. Well, this is the part where you get into the differences between those two guys as basketball players, because I think Durant, I can, it's really hard for me to even conceive of Durant scoring less than 28 points a game now. Like it, 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 I would be watching those finals games and I, I, I would even in my head, you know, cause you try to like build up yeah, an you angle think he's not doing and you're like, well. Oh, he's having an off night. Where's Durant? And I'm just look at the, and I'd look at he's the got box. 21. He's got he's 21 yeah. and they're like plus 13 with him on the floor. And he's like nine for 12. Yeah. You're like, where's Durant? And that's, he's the perfect weapon and LeBron's the perfect engine. And LeBron's got to build, you've got to build a team that goes through LeBron. Durant yeah. is like the perfect tip of the spear for a team like Durant is just always going to get his 30 points he's going to he's going to be an incredible defender who can guard three positions and he can score from all over the court but he's not going to facilitate a ton of offense I mean he's a good passer but he's not going to be like Kevin's bringing the ball up Kevin's going to find a guy cutting necessarily he could it's not the greatest use of him I mean he used it sometimes but not but in that way like Durant is somebody who should have a system that works for his talents, whereas LeBron just is the system. You know what I mean? Well, and the other difference is LeBron's LeBron's one of the three greatest players of all time. Yeah. Like Durant's 
going to be potentially one of the best 12 to 15 players of all time. And I think LeBron going to Miami, as you said, like LeBron's LeBron wherever he, his game has evolved in some ways. And I think he's, he's evolved intellectually as a basketball genius, like how to affect the game, yeah. when to pick his spots. He played, I mean, like he, there was a, the end of game five, he was playing like Shaq. It was incredible. I know he did. That was the crazy. I was just like, this is amazing. Like he, that he was just- crazy. <laughs> it was like, all right, spread out. I'm just going to bully guys down and do this weird spin move and just throw it in over and over. And I again. know Golden State was probably like, let just yeah, let, let him, let him get, go. get it. But it was still like, could LeBron score 50 a game if he just did yeah, this every this? time down the floor? It was like watching Will Chamberlain in the <laughs> yeah. 1960s. He's just like, get out of my way. But uh, but LeBron, for the most part, he's played a similar style. His stats have been the same. The, the consistency of his stats, like even Carl Malone wasn't as good. Every year, LeBron's like 28-7-7, year after year. Um, I think Durant went to another level on this team, and I, I wish they weren't 73 wins last year. This whole thing would have been easier if they were 58-24 and 24 sure. last year, and it all happened. But anyway, uh, I would... I, I if I had to do over 2010, I would have thought more about all right. Why is he doing this as a person, not a basketball player? And I, I don't think my brain was trained enough to think that. And then as the years go along, you get older, you get a little wiser. But I do feel like maybe part of that in 2010 for him was like I just want a new city. Absolutely. I just want to try something. I'm I'm tired of this. I'm ready to I'm ready to spread my wings. I want to be in Miami. I, I discounted that in so 2010. What, do you think that would affect how you think about it if he leaves after next season? If he leaves after next season, I, I would have a hard time dealing with that as a Cavs fan. Yeah. Because of the rhetoric of... What if they, it's handled you completely to, differently? What if he's like, they go to the finals again, they lose, let's say, to the Warriors. Like they do, the, the, fourth, the, fourth, the fourth matchup happens. Maybe they get mellow for love. Maybe they go back with the exact same team. Well, first some, of all, they spent more money than the Warriors last year and probably this year too. Yeah, and you know what? One of the big problems with what they do is that they don't have Pat McCaw or they don't have Ian Clark. You know what I mean? Like they don't have anything coming down the pipeline where it's like, oh, maybe, you know maybe that, this guy can take 10 minutes a game and really like keep us, like shoot well or like Pat McCaw was like, such a flex by Steve Kerr, but it was like, that's the difference. Right. That in a lot of ways is the difference. But then that you have to go back to 2014 and this wouldn't upset me as a Cavs fan because I won the title, but I'd be like 1% perturbed, right? The Wiggins love trade. If LeBron knows I'm going back to Cleveland, I'm here rest of my career. You keep Wiggins. You, you build slowly. You, you have the Wiggins for seven, right. 6 million a year. Right. You figure you have that and, and Kyrie. You take your lumps that first year and you're in position now with Thompson and add one more piece. You're really going to grow something. They went the other way. He's like all in early on, on the threesome. Now you're spending money on and JR. Wants end of bench positions t- taken up by friends of his. They're sending first round picks away for chaining. Was chaining for a first round pick? I think he was. Yeah. Corver was. There's one, I think, and this is the big thing that KOC keeps going back to in his pieces about LeBron's future is... Griffin at Sloan talking about the protections that they put on some of those picks because there just isn't for it sounds like it's a real like business decision right now and for as much as it meant for Cleveland and it got the championship I don't 
he could just sign a five year like couldn't he just sign the five year deal and be like this is where we're staying he's not I, he's never done that from the get go yeah right so I think that there it, is it seems like he's leaving in a year and he's gonna leave them in really bad shape having made the finals three or four years and maybe only winning one title I don't know I don't know how I feel about that I have to think about it the Wiggins thing's a tough one because I think that's if hindsight. You go, but I just you, think that that was such an obvious... That, no, I, but remember we wrote about it. I think I yeah. wrote a piece of Grantland about it. And we um, reviewed it. I think we've talked about it. Kev wrote about it a couple months ago. Where it was he the was right like, trade. I support it. I see it. But it also should have been a sign to all of us that this was a sh- maybe a short-term thing for him. Mm-hmm. Because it's so hard to build a team around those three when you have you're dealing with so much. The best asset they would have had is that Kyrie and LeBron, but then Wiggins for seven million a year. Now you can add another piece. Yeah. You know, um, if you go back to the to the rhetoric from fourteen, it really seemed like I'm coming home. This is, but he's basically I'm coming home for four years. I wonder if he's almost looking at this like he's like each trip is like a four year college stint. Yeah. You know, and this will be his four year. He's four years in Miami, four years in Cleveland, now four years for LA. And you also think happens. about the way that the sports world, the business world, the culture world, all worlds that he's really heavily involved in. Guys don't stay at CAA their whole career. Right. They don't stay at Paramount their whole career. Like they move on, they get new challenges. Like so much of the rhetoric about those kinds of businesses are like, you always want to look for the next big challenge. So for yeah. LeBron, if it's going to the Clippers or the Lakers or whatever, that if that if moving to Los Angeles and like kind of seeing out the rest of his career in LA is what he wants to do, that's pretty in line with what a lot of under industries allow. I think I was more idealistic about sports seven years ago. I think every time you take a little hit, you realize more and more that eh, it's just like everything else. You, they're all wearing uniforms. Yeah, KD I mean, goes to Golden State. It's great. He's having a great time. In, in three years, like if Curry's ankles go, and you know, Clay Thompson ends up signing with the Lakers a year from now and Draymond's thrown out of the league for starting a ride or whatever. <laughs> like, Kenny's going to go find another team. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just the way it goes. These guys are going to go in the best. And you're but right. You were, I feel like you tapped, you were very, it was interesting when you were call, called the house over the weekend and you were really worked up about like, I don't want to hear people complaining about the Warriors because right. the Cavs blew the, the Bennett pick and the Cavs have had as many shots at the pinata is anybody to yeah, get this I, right. I think we have misplaced frustrations with the NBA sometimes where we're totally fine with a team just being fucking horrible for years and just reaping the benefits of these high lottery picks. And that, but then when golden state does everything correctly, everybody's like, Oh my God. It's like, well, those are the, they, what did they do? That wasn't really smart. Yeah. I mean, they really, I, I guess the, I was talking about how smart they were, but they also, you need luck too, right? Like sure. Curry's ankles hurt. That's, so yeah. you get that lower contract. They really did try to sign Dwight Howard. They almost traded Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. Yeah. Jerry West had to throw his body in front of that. The Dwight Howard thing, they were, they were in, they were done. And they ended up like they settled for Andre Iguodala, who ends up becoming like the perfect piece. They got him at a great price. I, all this shit comes down. I, in my opinion, nobody has built a team without a couple lucky breaks. Sure, and they definitely, Got a couple of them. I wonder though, you know. All right, so they keep it together this year, right? Yeah. They're gonna have their four. McCall play more. They'll get two more David West types, and they have this super team basically again. But then the following year, I I'm still not. A, I wouldn't bet my life on Clay as a warrior. 
Although everything he says now is just like, it's much more important to me to be part of a team I get like it. this. But, yeah. but from their standpoint... I think from Michael Thompson's standpoint, it might be a little bit more in flux. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I feel like he's pretty it's satisfied. a lot of money for four dudes, man. Yeah. I, I mean, and we have no idea what Steph's going to get. We have no idea if KD's going to take less. Um, but I, I think know. if those guys go to the finals for the next five years in a new building with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green on the team, like Lakeup's got himself the NBA Cowboys. Like, I don't know what, how you, you pay whatever it takes for that. I do think Durant would be my if the MVP odds I don't think have come out yet I think he would be my pick for MVP next year you think so yeah because I think it's the year after this whole summer you had it's a little like the LeBron thing right where that summer like you're you're into basketball but you're also you're changing your life you're making these big decisions I think this year he's going to take a week off and then he's going to be training the finals recalibrate the narrative from now everybody I think is going to be looking at the Warriors through the lens of Durant yeah. Whereas like in the beginning of the year, I think we were like, oh, that's cool. How are they going to fit him in? And they, yeah. they're just mowing teams down. And then and then we get to the to the middle of the year and he got hurt and he took, you know, he was out for most of the second half. And then he comes back and he just looks like, you know, the second best player in the league next to LeBron. I, In retrospect, 2010, knowing everything we know now, what do you think LeBron, what do you wish LeBron had done that summer? I think he's in. In retrospect. Oh, I mean, there's just nothing. There's nothing like a great Knicks team. Like if he had gone Sad to the Knicks, which, it's weird. Cause, and this is another reason. Look, I'm I'm not perfect with my opinions. If he'd gone to the Knicks and chose them on TV, I would have been like, that makes sense. Yeah, good job by him. If you turn around the Knicks, that's the toughest also, feat to do I, in I'm sports. Sure, you know, the good and the bad. Because like I remember the good, which is that the only like cool Knicks team while I was living in New York was Lynn Sanity. But the way that that felt in right. that city and the way that it vibrated was incredible. The bad would also be just LeBron back page tabloid covers. We yeah. would have so much fun with that. It would have been unbelievable. And that was another reason I think KD that, that got discounted with why I picked the Warriors where, um, you know, the winning team, all that stuff. But they really have a great crowd. Yeah. You know, it's a top five crowd and they have generations of fans, which I always look... The Sixers are another team like that. But the when you have a, a team that at, started in the 50s or 60s, you have people like my dad mm-hmm. as the fan who's been following them for 48 years or whatever. And you can feel that at these Golden State games. I mean, there's a lot of money, obviously, in the first few rows. But there's also diehard fans and people wearing jerseys from 35 years ago. Yeah. And, um, and I think... When you go from that to uh, when you go from Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma City fans, great home crowd, but you know, you go from that to the history of the Warriors, and so I don't know. What team do you wish Kevin Durant had signed with in retrospect? Um, if you could do his decision over again for him, because I think neither of us would have wanted him to sign with OKC, right? I had, I mean, I, I wrote at the time that like I had a lot of like emotional investment in him and Russ and that Thunder team, despite yeah. all efforts to somewhat dismantle them. So seeing, and I just think that they were a Clay Thompson, like Clay Thompson was hot that, streak was going to and probably winning the finals. Yeah. And my favorite thing in the world was the last few few years was when you know the Thunder would play like 
the Spurs and be like, man, the Spurs are so good. The Spurs play so And then that first moment where you realize, oh, the Thunder are going to wipe them out because like right. they're just so long, athletic, and fast yeah. that no matter how many cool cuts and double double screens the Spurs run, like they just can't get around these guys. And that feeling of just like this is just this amazing group of guys who are so athletic and so complimentary to each other and they all came up together that was like a really cool moment but i understand why it couldn't keep keep going i mean it's just like it was it was probably doomed back at the hardened trade like you said i refuse to be a philadelphian who says i think the Durant should have gone to boston so i'm just not if you're waiting for me to say that i'm not going to do it I, it wouldn't have brought him any closer to the title i mean if his goal was to win the title he should have stayed in okc for one more year and i do think you know, with all this stuff, it's amazing to me in the course of NBA history how much luck plays a factor and stuff, right? Like, if the Warriors just win that game, he can't go there. That looks terrible. He's just joining the champs. And then he basically, I, w- I would guess he would have stayed in OKC for maybe one more year with an opt-out after the year yeah. and, and run it back one more time. Because the thing with the Warriors, just by the sheer fluke of the salary cap, which many people have talked about, because it jumped during this right. one summer, Right. Right. So this was his one year that he could have gone to the Warriors. It was like either do it now or never, or it can never happen because they're going to play part Curry of the reason year. why he did it, and that's why he did it. Yeah. I think if that if that dynamic wasn't in play, he waits a year and tries to beat them one more time, and then maybe he goes. But he didn't have a choice. I almost feel like if they had played again in the Western Conference Finals this year, and then he went, it would have been more sad. Oh yeah. Because the Thunder had had that mixed bag of like every year it was like Russ is hurt or KD is hurt or Ibaka gets hurt. It was always like this something that was kind of affecting them in the playoffs. Yeah. So if they had played them to a T. Bad juju. Yeah. They really did. Every It was like 13 Russ got hurt. 14. I went actually I watched the game six again the OT game against the Spurs that mm-hmm. they lost. They had four guys. Did Derek Fisher like. You know, was playing crunch time and Perk had yeah. no points and game. They they was a four man team. One of the four was Reggie Jackson, who's not even good. You know, it I was- think the problem with you know one of the major issues with these guys, like the top 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 part of the league, if they leave as free agents, you know, we saw what happened with the Carmelo thing, where you, you know, I don't know that he was he was never on their level probably in terms of being so close to taking you to the finals like Denver was pretty fun but yeah they weren't gonna but it's like he obviously can't trade one of those guys but that was sort of you know last summer when we were going we were really losing it about trying to figure out Russell Westbrook trade destinations yeah I think the problem is, is that when those guys leave in free agency it really does lead leave those franchises oh, in, in a ditch yeah. because they they've been building like their cap space situation is entirely built around competing for a title yeah. now it's like if LeBron leaves Cleveland they're so screwed Oh my God! Well, but their attitude would be, "Hey, he brought you a title. That's why he can leave, I guess." Right. But right. and they have options. Ky- Kevin Love has trade value. Yeah, they have the Kyrie card to play if they wanted to. I don't think they would. But it's not Tristan Thompson has trade value. Sure. Like I'm sure they could trade Tristan Thompson for Carmelo right now. Right. I don't know if that's a right the right move for them. If you were an OKC fan, what would make you the most mad that Durant went to the Warriors or something else? I can't imagine anything that would make me more mad than Durant going to the Warriors. Does Oklahoma have any? I would just be. I would be obsessed with the Harden trade. I would. I would never have gotten over that. You haven't gotten over it. I'm not even OKC fan. (laughs) I never got over it. I. You know, man. They showed. um, But how does Harden play the way he plays now with Russell? He probably doesn't. It was just for what they got for him. The trade itself, the timing of the trade. 
the fact that they didn't have to trade him when they did and what they got for him. But they had this, they showed him in the final. I forget where I saw this. Maybe it was in the Jumbotron. They showed KD hugging his, or Mirror Sports Center, one of those. They showed KD hugging his mom after 2012. He's crying. Yeah. Harden that- walked by him. And I was like, I fucking, it's just amazing that him, Harden, and Westbrook are on the same team. Harden's going to be the number two pick for MVP. Right. Westbrook's going to win the MVP. And Durant's the finals MVP, who just played, you know, one of the best finals anybody's played. I know. Somewhere Sam Presti is. But yet Sam Presti doesn't take shit for this. It's amazing. <sighs> I just think there's so many mitigating factors that go into I mean, the Harden trade still is, isn't. I can't believe we're talking about the Harden trade. I know. But, it, but you could argue it's. The biggest moment of this century from a roster move standpoint. Right. That decision had the most impact of anything that's happened. This even more than the decision. Yeah. Yeah. It set off so many, so many ripples in so many different directions. And I don't know, like somebody was asking me if uh, a five man team you would pick to beat the Warriors right now, you could have any five players in basketball who aren't on the Warriors. Who aren't on the Warriors. So you would start with Harden and Westbrook. I asked this to House on the podcast Saturday. No, I did the team I picked didn't have Harden or Westbrook. Oh. Who was if I had to beat them, I I took Kyrie, I took LeBron, uh Davis, Kawhi, and somebody else. I can't remember. But it wasn't I was like, I don't need Harden or Westbrook. And I, those guys now are so used to having the ball all the time. I don't know if I can beat the Warriors that way. So how does oh, it was Jonas Jerebko. That was the oh, that's, that's yeah, last the guy. Jonas. Well, he's going to be a free so, Yeah, hit some big shots. Um, how does this affect how you feel about this summer for the Celtics and what this idea of building for 2018 versus building for 2021? I would not build for 2018. Right. I'm in the camp of just assets. Just build assets. I think they should sign Hayward. Um. I would be interested in a scenario where they signed Hayward and Blake Griffin. If you're going to do that, maybe now you make. Can a they run. pull that off? They have to get rid of. Some They'd people. have to get rid of Bradley and and uh, Crowder and like the Rogier contract. It's not inconceivable. Both guys would have to take a little less, but um, you know they have to look at this now. Like if LeBron's really leaving in a year, then the East who are they theirs. competing against right. in the East? W- it's Washington, your team, it's Washington. Yeah, Washington, who's. Really handicapped from a salary standpoint. They have to run back the team that they have as much as they can. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe after next year, they could stretch Jan Mahimni. Right. And try to carve out enough cap space to get Boogie. It's conceivable. With the, the stretches, like, I think you could stretch somebody out for five years. So it's $32 million a year. So, yeah. Stretch it out. So it would be like $6 million a year. That that would, but they they can't pay out a porter if they think they're going to get somebody next year. I think they're going to be stuck with the team they have. Yeah, Milwaukee is in this place now, not much different than New Orleans, where they have this awesome guy. They have another piece that's dicey. In this case, Jabari, who's right. coming off his second knee injury. They don't really have anybody else. You would say like that's somebody. Like they have a couple nice players. They still need to get him a second star. I think that a healthy Jabari, Middleton, and Giannis. And That's a, not enough. It's not enough, but it's pretty good. We've really abandoned the idea of being pretty good in the NBA. It's so, it's really, true. It's really like everybody's allergic to pretty good. And I get it. I mean, you watch what you watch in the finals, I understand. But I would, I would love pretty good soon. On the way to great, but I would love pretty good. What do you want your team to do? 
I really want us to take Malik Monk. And okay. I know that that's, we would be overpaying for him at three. And this kind of gets back to trading down. Um, I know that they are trying, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Sixers with the Kings, five and 10. If I was the Kings, like, I would just have any 215 area code numbers blocked. If the Kings trade five and 10 for three, they might have to take control of the team. Yeah. Adam Silver might have to, might, like what they did with the Pelicans. I think you'd have to do three and something else, probably for five and 10, right? Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would sure hope so. Yeah. That's but way too much. I don't think th- I, I. I just Monk is an off-ball scorer. I just watched footage Monk's of him awesome. draining threes at the Sixers workout. Awesome. I know it's just like if you told me that he would be even just like not as quite as good as Bradley Beal, but pretty good. Yeah, I'd, I'd be pretty into that, especially given like what's the Sixers have like a weird setup next year with Ben being this primary ball handler. And we still don't even know what kind of NBA player is. It's like some guys are like, he's going to shoot 5% from outside of the The paint. guy's played 20, 28 basketball games in two years. Yeah. And Embiid's played, I think, 30. Come to Philadelphia. You won't have to Come play to much basketball. You don't actually, you just look good on paper. Yeah, we have great orthopedic The surgeons. funny thing is, like, if they turned... See, I would go the other way. If, if I, I still feel like there's a, a Philly-Boston trade. That could work. So there's uh, the like funny- if you go and get faults, uh huh, and you're just like, we're just gonna, we have all these assets, we we've, we've grabbed all these picks, and we're just going all in. We think faults. Now maybe they don't think faults is that great, but if they think faults is like the guy, if he's six foot four, Tracy McGrady, and you can add him with Simmons and Embiid, then it's like who the fuck even cares who else is on the team? You have like three awesome young right. guys. Right. Maybe they don't feel that way about him. But uh, it does feel like there's something. If they're staying, if they're not getting up to go for faults, I would just, I would just, if Monk seems like the perfect fit for that team. And I cannot actually remember the last time we drafted a guy for fit. Not you know, yeah. usually when you're at the top of the first round, you're not drafting for fit. But it, we've always done BPA. We've always been like, yeah, whatever, just bring another guy, like another center, and like whoever the project is. And I just would love a guy who drains threes. Like he was hitting threes at the Sixers workout. I swear to God, the Nets were like rock hard stiff because no one had made a three <laughs> right. in that gym since like it's a ketchup coming since out Drew of the Nets. Holiday got traded. Hey, quickly, uh, wanted to mention. On Spotify, you can listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, The Watch with Chris Ryan, a bunch of other podcasts from the Ringer family on Spotify, the streaming service that you know and you love for music. Only now it's fully loaded with podcasts. You can find our Ringer pods in the podcast section within the browse tab when you're using Spotify and mobile or just by searching for the Bill Simmons podcast, the Ringer NBA show, whatever. While you're there, click to follow us to have our new episodes delivered right to your Spotify library. Head to spotify.com slash podcasts for more. We're on Spotify. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what's funny about this draft, the Lakers should take Lonzo, and I think they I think they probably will if I had to bet my life on it. And I think Lonzo is the second best player in the draft. I still don't understand how him and D'Angelo Russell make any sense together, but they'll probably end up taking him. And then you have the Sixers that I don't know what they want. I don't know what they need. I, actually, I guess you need a the scoring Sixers are guard. are in a pretty good position to get a very good player and then regret it in five years when the guy who they, they got took- picked after him is... So when Josh Jackson is the next Kawhi Leonard or... Yeah, you know, or we take Jackson and Malik Monk turns into Clay Thompson. You take Josh Jackson and he has a whole bunch of personal issues. Yeah, like, I mean, but Josh Jackson's kind of the could haunt you no matter what Jonathan direction Isaac you're turns into this incredible like two way player. You know, that's I think the Celtics are fans of his. Yeah, but not at number one. Right. 
I don't know what the Celtics are up to because I I really do feel like they're hoping somebody overpays for the pick. For the one. Yeah. They had that. I felt like the romance was very hot and heavy with Markel to start with. I think it's with. still there. I think it's a fine. Showing in the banners. Yeah. All that. Great. And now in the last, I think O'Connor was saying the last 10 days or something. It's Fultz all part hasn't, of the game. hasn't like retweeted or done anything with the Celtics, which he had been for a yeah. few minutes. I think they're in a great spot because you always want to be there when somebody's ready to make a panic over, over trade move mm-hmm. and be like, here's 130 cents of the dollar for this pick. We're just excited for this pick. Here's a crazy offer that right. you, so they're kind of waiting for that. That's why they haven't committed to faults. Who knows? You could see the only team I couldn't see trading up is the Suns. If the Kings offered them five and 10 for one, I wouldn't do it, but you'd have a meeting about it. Right. Um, Porzingis for number one, I would do. Mm-hmm. You would do Porzingis for number I would one. do Porzingis for one. I would. Um, so if, did you see all the reports today that all these guys are going in for their Knicks workouts or doing like up to a, like, it's like 45 minutes to 90 minutes of triangle, triangle work. Oh it, my God. And it was like Monk said that it's like the only thing that he did there was work on the triangle. It's, it's amazing. It's horrible. <laughs> Phil Jackson's just wreaking havoc. <laughs> yeah. There's the, I never know what to believe, especially with the Celtics, because stuff never leaks out with them. But there was like Avery Bradley Sixers stuff, and I know, I know for a fact in February that when the Celtics were trying to get Noel, they wanted Avery Bradley for him. So we mm-hmm. know the Sixers like him. So if there's a trade, let's say one and Avery Bradley for three and blank, what's blank? Is it the 19 pick? Is it the 19 Kings pick? Or the 2018 Lakers pick? The unprotected one? Yeah. (sighs) Would you trade three in the unprotected 18 pick for one in Bradley? I don't know if the Celtics do that. I'm not sure that's enough. And then I have to pay Bradley. A year from now. No. You wouldn't do that. See, neither of us would do that. I honestly just... I honestly just don't really know what to... I, I think Fultz, everybody I've talked to says Fultz is basically like Damian Lillard, but taller who can play defense. So it just sounds like a really good idea to draft him. Yeah. But I'm just... Once you get into like where you're drafting at three, you get so seduced by all these other guys. So I'm kind of like, well, like what if... I'm asking myself all these what ifs right now. And I, to me, Avery Bradley doesn't really necessarily move the he's needle. really good he is really good i wonder my fear with him is just his body because he always has these banged up dumb injuries yeah but and if i'm avery bradley like do i really want to resign with the sixers in a year anyway so you'd have faults bradley covington Embiid, and simmons that's yeah. a fun starting five or i get uh i have my starting lineup is Embiid, sarich ben yeah monk and kyle lowry I don't see how you play Embiid, Sarge, and Simmons together and expect to win anything. Yeah. Just the way basketball is played now. The thing is, is that we're not going to have, like, we only get like 40 games of Embiid. So you have to plan accordingly. (laughs) I, I, I don't want to, I'm going to knock on wood because I like Embiid. I I want him to stay. It's not, it's not good. This the three knee surgeries already is a problem. Like, I, I think. The history of the league says this is not great. I think great. you have to plan hoping that he yeah, it's almost goes against exactly. it. You're hoping but for it. I do, I'm not. When everybody, whenever I listen to like writes to Ricky or read like, I'm, like everything is planned with Embiid as the center piece of the team, and I feel like you almost have to act like that's that would be the icing rather than the cake. 
is if you have Embiid. And that's okay, because you're never really going to get You don't feel the way about Simmons, though. You think Simmons is back. He's yeah, I think that was thing. a fluke injury. I think he's fine. He'll be fine. What about the fact that we have no idea if he can make a shot of more than eight feet? That doesn't really bother me. Okay. That doesn't really bother me. I know that's... I, I mean, I... Doesn't really totally bother me either because I feel like you can learn how to shoot with very few exceptions. Yeah, that's just getting the gym. I know and that shoot people are like they're, they're they're just gonna like sag off him like fifteen feet from the perimeter. Yeah, but yeah, I'm okay with it. Like Westbrook was a horrendous three point shooter and turned into a pretty good three point shooter who made tough threes. Simmons has that LeBron quality of, of like. Get, Having he has passing lanes that nobody else has because of his size and speed. Now maybe not as good as LeBron, obviously, but the, the, when you watch um, how like in that first Warriors Spurs game, how the Spurs were like shutting down all of Curry's driving kicks, yeah, because they just like jumped the angles and stopped all those kickouts. Right, you can't do that against LeBron, and I think ideally you wouldn't be able to do that against Simmons. The problem is the Sixers don't have anybody who can shoot, except for like Bob, Bob uh, Covington. Covington, you sign for next year. Mm-hmm. I really like Covington. I love Covington. So he can be traded now with yes. that contract. I don't think they want to trade him. I, they love him. Would you trade Covington, three, and Sarge for one? Yeah. You would? Okay. I think so. How? Now we're talking. Now I we're love, at the table. I, I, like, I like both Sarge and Covington. I really like Covington. Covington is a guy to me that I could see either Why of those. Why would you do that? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what the value is of both sides. I really like Covington. I mean, could Covington have played in the finals? Yeah. I think he could have. Yeah. Richard Jefferson played in the finals. Could he have played 25 minutes in the finals? Yes. Yeah. Could Sarge have played in the finals? I feel like certain matchups, yes. Could yeah. he have gotten Kevin Love's minutes in the finals? Sarge had like a real nice flat track bully period there where I wasn't I'm not sure how many teams he was playing against were actually trying to play yeah like that was down like, like true yeah he was in like the Cancun uh, Tankapalooza yeah, yeah. Tankapalooza yeah. stretch of things but I love Dario if you out of the top eight what would be your pick to be the bust um I don't want to say it's a fun question I don't want to say Frankie Smokes Frankie. No, Frankie Smokes Frankie Nicotine isn't Marlboro Man no he's not <laughs> Marlboro Man is not top eight uh yeah, you know, my top three. I think Isaac just because Isaac's not gonna be a bust, but Isaac has the um, has a hip and a foot, which are like never the greatest mm. signs, and it's also like he's got a lot of like have to teach him how to play basketball stuff going. And his yeah, it's not like his team was unbelievable right. last year. He I would have him as my fourth choice. I think Dennis Smith would be one. Yeah, but Dennis Smith also could be the best player. In this well, that's draft. that's what's great about him, though. He could yeah. end up being, you know, Dennis Kyrie Smith Irving. Said all the stuff you want to hear after a workout, like when he went to the Lakers workout and just destroyed guys. Yeah, and then he was like, "I'm a dog. You yeah. should draft me." Right. <laughs> I love when the guy usually. What's the success rate of guys that do that? It's usually I don't know, pretty high. But it's I love it though. He sounds like a walk on. It's just like Josh Jackson's another one. Like I think he's slightly risky because oh, some I know. of the Tatum. stuff that happened. Tatum, just because his game isn't. I, his game is not. The I'm game. in on Tatum. I think he's Danny Granger. Danny Granger is really good. Did he got Danny, hurt. What Danny Granger? What's Danny Granger today? Put up 25 points a game. Yeah, he, but back went when toe to toe with LeBron, and he got hurt. Yeah, he would have been. He would have had a great career. He could have been a Hall of Famer. If Mitch Richmond's in the Hall of Fame, Danny Granger could have gotten there. He's <laughs> one of the best small forwards. What else? What, what, what other NBA things? Oh, I want. I want to ask you about something. Yeah. Talk to me about this Clippers thing. Which part? So. 
I we wrote something today about it, but we were talking last night um, about how this feels like the first. This is like Balmer taking over the team for the first time. So he comes in. There's a lot of that. I think he realizes now that the, the buzz on Doc is just too terrible now. Yeah, and so the, he's the, it just feels like moves. that between the stadium and the West thing, and the and if it's the same setup, and you'd have to imagine West wouldn't leave unless it was the same setup. The setup in Golden State was West reported to Lake, not to Bob Myers. Yeah. So I would imagine that West is reporting to Balmer instead of Rivers. Doc's not going to like it. Right. And then even though Jerry West is really good at talent evaluation and the, the Clippers only picks, it might be the kind of guy who comes in and is just like, look, you're not running things right here. And there's just some things you have to change about this team if you want it to be sustainable. But it felt like the last couple of days were like the first big Balmers taking over the Clippers days. I was glad Woj talked about Blake going and going to the Celtics possibly. Yeah. Which I had talked about last week on the pod. Blake was like the hidden giant of free agency. Everybody was like, Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward. It's like Blake's a free agent too. And Blake was the third best player in the league two years ago. Um, He's also had a lot of surgeries and he's super risky. And I don't know if he can even get a four year contract. Maybe he can. But uh, I think there's a real chance he could leave. And they, and Bomber's now trying to show the optics of no i know there's a problem I'm trying to fix it mm-hmm. let's we're gonna we're, things are gonna be different this year and he's trying to to show that i still think blake could leave chris can't leave right because he just basically chris, had the cba money. written yeah it's to, too much for, for the exact reason for him to get like a contract that he's about to get blake's gonna opt out and then you know the clippers will offer him whatever he wants but i, I don't think it can't be what as big as the chris deal right no so I never rule out Miami with the stuff. I think Boston and Miami are positioned the best. I think Blake makes a ton of sense for Miami, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding? He makes sense for either team. He'd be great with Boston, too. Like Corford and Blake. I can't wait to see the Miami medical department. Oh, yeah, the Miami <laughs> medical staff getting a hold of Blake finally. But like Whiteside, Blake, Justice Winslow, all their swing dudes. Yeah. The, the best player in the world, James Johnson, Dragic. You forgot best player in the world, Dion Waiters. Best player in the world, Dion Waiters. Yeah. That's a really fun team. Yeah, yeah. Just as basketball fans, Blake going there would be would be fun. I think Boston would be a strange. Does that Miami team, if LeBron, does that Miami team in top three? If that if that's their team, is that top three? It's top Eastern three Conference? in the East. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I still feel like Durant, if he had gone to Miami last year, there, there's two teams Miami could have gone, or three teams. Boston, Washington, Miami, if Durant had gone there to any of those teams. Like, if he had gone to Washington, that team might have, I don't know, they could have made the finals. Yeah, I think with Miami, too, it's like Spolster is one of those guys who's now proven how, what a good coach he is. Well, he And Durant said that to me during the second pod we did. He was talking about how much respect he had for Miami and Spolstra. And I, I think within the league, that's a real thing. I think the players respect Golden State, Miami, and Boston yeah. as the organizations that know what they're doing, that the teams are well coached. And San Antonio. And San Antonio. Yeah, yeah they don't even count. Just the fact that the Chris Paul stuff is even but out there I, I is think a testament Utah, to that. Yeah, and I think Utah's climbing up the ladder too, which will be, that's the best reason for Hayward to stay. It's a really well-coached team that's well-run that's made a bunch of smart decisions. You know, I, yeah. I would put them in the top five. I don't, I don't. Is there any other team you would even say, like, from the outside, you go, that's a well-run team. Those guys know what they're doing. No. You know, that's the top five. Yeah. The Clippers are not in the top five. No. And the Jerry West thing, I think, is the, 
the start of a bunch of chess pieces. There's a bunch of places that are attractive to play. There are a bunch of places that if you have the right combination, like there's a fan base there that's like incredible. Bulls, Blazers, you know, like if you if you right. got it right, you would have like a, a sleeping giant on your hands. So if Blake says, I'll resign, but I want the max. And the fit five years. And I want a no trade clause. Do you do it? That's what that's why it's gonna be so interesting over the next five or six weeks. I'll do it. I'll take the money. I want a no trade clause for the fifteen percent trade kicker if you trade me. And what if the Clippers say no to the trade clause? I think he leaves. He leaves forty five million all, on the table. If Blake doesn't ask for a no trade clause, he's he's being represented by fools because um if you're the Clippers, the number one move you do is you lock Blake up and then in December you start shopping him if right. it's not working out. So he's got to, even if you did a no trade clause for the first two years or whatever, like you got to protect yourself. If, if uh, I were him, I would go to Miami. Um, the, the, we were talking about this yesterday. One of the, the underrated storylines is because Drew Holiday is getting linked heavily with Dallas. And if the, oh, Pelicans, the Justin Holiday combo. And if Pelicans lose Drew, like just how screwed they are. I mean, they're, they're screwed anyway, but. That's the story. How quickly the the big guys in New Orleans become going to play if that happens, basically. I can't believe that the Davis that that hasn't become a fake sports story. Whether the Celtics and Davis, just like it's just perfect if they want to make the move. And if I'm New Orleans, I, I would trade him right now. I, I never advocate trading superstars, whether it's to Boston or somebody else, but. I, I just feel like we know how this is going to end, right? How are they going to make that it would be, situation better? It's probably the height of, in a weird way, like a team like New Orleans. From what I understand about, like the, I'm sure they have, like they have like a really like passionate fan base, but it's a pretty small one. So it's like if you traded Anthony Davis, it would be like you know you lost Chris Paul. It would be like you've basically gutted the team twice in the last generation, and that would be really tough to take. But that being said, like, couldn't you? Isn't this probably the best haul you could get for him? It's the is just raiding the Boston war chest. If they said, all right, let's say they called Boston. They said, give us Jalen Brown, this year's Brooklyn pick, and next year's pick, and we'll give you a right, So they would have Jalen Brown, Markel Fultz, Deon- Demarcus Cousins, and, and next year's pick, and next year's pick. What do you do if you're Boston? If no one says that's the price, that's but the Boston thing is that you have to decide whether or not you're. you're what are you building for then? Right. So you're going to resign Isaiah, resign Avery, go out because also with, Anthony Davis is making a ton of money, and now you can't go get Gordon Hayward. Yeah, you're locked. You'd almost have the, to wait until like August to do that. You yeah. sign Hayward, you you get some contracts, and then you think like in December we make that trade. I I don't know how it works. I don't know what New Orleans does. I mean. Because I've heard that Justin Holiday is going to be like a ten million dollar year guy. Mm-hmm. I really like him, by the way. I thought he was one of my favorite. And now, uh, I mean, whenever you can get signings. two bro- two other brothers on the same team, you get Seth Curry and Justin Holiday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How does Dallas have the cap space for that though? Uh, they have a bunch of guys. I think they like, they don't have a lot on the books, really. I don't think they got Matthews. They have Harrison Barnes. They, they got Dirk. So I'm, they take Dirk takes less. Maybe, but like I don't. I, after that, it's like a lot of guys like Yogi and like a lot of guys like Berea. To, you, you know. Let's go. We got to go. So la- last fun thing. Most fun player for each team in the top eight. If you're just doing it like what would be the most fun situation? Oh, okay. Number one, I think faults to the Celtics makes the most sense. Who's the most fun player to go to the Lakers? Lonzo, go Lonzo, right? It has to be Lonzo. Okay. Yeah, just for all of us. Okay. 
Most fun player to go to the Sixers. I think you're right. I think it's Monk. I think it's Monk. Monk or Monk? Monk. I got to get this right at some point. Monk. I get emails yeah. about how I'm... I, people don't understand. I have like certain speech impediment <laughs> names. I just can't get my name you're right. You're beloved. Monk. Don't worry about it. Monk. 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 Most fun for the Suns would also be Lonzo. Yeah. I, and yeah. I, I would argue to say Lonzo and Booker together is now a mu- it's almost like McCollum and Lillard on steroids like I would I would just Although love that. Although I would that. like the, the the Jonathan Isaac to Phoenix and just have nothing but like <laughs> weird athletes who are yeah. like and like the athletes 19 year old guys who are out like out of the gym is great. Right. Fox to the Kings would be great. It's it's Give, it feels like it's destined to happen. It's, it's just great. They they're in love with him. He's Fox and Buddy. A, a bulldog, yeah. Six is Orlando. Yeah. Dennis Smith. Give him the car keys. I just let, draft, but, but the most fun would also be if they, I mean, Hammond's not going to make this mistake, but if they just took like Markinen. Oh, no, Jesus. You get, get Laurie. Right. Yeah. Seven is Mini. Yeah. So can anyone shoot? So they, Monk would be the best for them too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Unless they just throw away the Chris Dunn pick and decide we want to redo on point guards oh, and, and take Smith. like best point guard available. And then the Knicks. Monk to the Knicks is would be my favorite of anything, but I think that it would they, be like. But it feels like he's destined to go one spot before the Knicks, so they can all have the Curry flashbacks and lose their minds right, about that. Right, so just fuck a Curry, and then the Knicks they, take like Mark it in. They're like, ah! <laughs> and they just lose their minds. Tilakina, they're like, yeah. oh no. Uh, who's on the watch this week? Uh, we did. Uh, a show on Monday that was about Twin Peaks and stuff, and then today we had all the New Yorkers from The Ringer on to recommend one thing. The New Yorkers? Yeah. The New York staff? Lindsay, Cam, Donnie. Mm. Yeah. All right, don't forget about SeatGeek. Go right now. Promo code BSMLB, and you get $10 off baseball tickets. SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons podcast, and also Spotify. Go to Spotify, the podcast section within the Browse tab. Search for our podcast. Search for Ringer NBA show, the Bill Simmons whatever. And uh, and follow us, and you'll be able to hear us on Spotify. Thanks to nephew Kyle for producing. Kyle, uh, we have a ton, a shitload, a cornucopia of NBA content keep coming it, next week. Keep it locked. We're going to be really busy next next week. Let's just say this: Kevin O'Connor's flying out. Yeah, we're going to work him like a dog. <laughs> I'm going to work him like LeBron in the 2015 Finals. We're Kevin O'Connor's playing 47 offense. minutes a game. Only the triangle, though. <laughs> it's good. We're going all out. And and don't forget to check out the Ringer NBA draft guide too, because it's one of the best things we've done since we started this site. It's yeah, awesome. If, you, if you're just diving in now, I can't recommend a better place than the draft guide. John, Danny. Kevin. I was always beholden to Chad's mock drafts for years and years and years, and I still love them. I would put our draft guide against anything out there and the expertise and, and just all the it. stuff. It's they're always updating changing. constantly. It's it's really they're great. They're all fighting stuff. about Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's the, where does that stand? That's now? coming next week. Is there the the three wise men are having a, a breakup over Tatum? Who's Danny's favorite foreigner now? I think it's Frankie. I think I think he likes Frankie, Frankie. Smokes. Yeah, so we've gone for calling him Frankie Nicotine and Frankie Smokes. I like Frankie Smokes. I like the Marlboro Man. I, 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 I know that that might be, I, I don't know if I, that, that breaks some ethical boundary to advertise a cigarette, but yeah, not for me. Yeah, uh, it just feels like he goes to Dallas. Followed by Cuban just leaking stuff out. We think this is the best prospect we've ever seen. Yeah, because you know, we've a lot only of that. Yeah, nobody knows. In 15 yeah. years. Nobody even knows what's going on. Chris Ryan, thanks so much. Later, man. Hey.